Hello, and welcome to... Poppy Approved Movies. My name is Poppy. And I'm Natalie. In our podcast, we'll review and critique my favorite PG-13 movies. Movies that I wasn't allowed to watch until I turned 13. Every week, Natalie and I will watch a new PG-13 movie. And I'll see if Poppy's movies live up to the hype. Which, of course, they will. Today, we're going to be watching Under the Same Moon. Before we begin, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and don't want it to be spoiled, press pause and come back when you're finished. Now, Poppy, tell me the deets on this movie. All right. Under the Same Moon came out in 2007, with a runtime of 1 hour and 36 minutes. It's not streaming anywhere. We had to rent it on Amazon. It was written by Wigaya Villalobos and directed by Patricia Riggin. The main stars are Eugenio Derbez, Kate del Castillo, and Adrian Alonso. It's funny to think. Actually, it's not that hard to think about, but, like, this whole movie is all acting from, like, one little kid. Like, a lot of it is just the kid. Yeah. So, like, usually when you see movies, there will be, like, a main person, and then there will be, like, maybe there's a little kid elsewhere, and then, like, they have a role, but it's not huge. Like, in Grown Ups, almost, where all the kids didn't really have huge parts in acting this child is like a full-on actor like almost like that of a disney star or something that's true and it's funny because the main stars are in order backwards so on imdb the first person on the list is eugenio del best he comes in halfway through the movie he's not even in the beginning of the movie kate del castillo okay well she's kind of like the second main actress the mom and the kid's the third build and he's, he's the, main, the main character most of the stories about him and he was the most lovable character in the whole movie. Yeah. So, but he was third build. All right. Fun fact is one of Abuelita's favorite movies. We were watching it in celebration of her birthday, which is this week. What do you think, Nat? I thought it was a great movie. A great movie. Finally, that's something you liked. I loved it. One thing, it, it wasn't like a plot twisty movie, though, but I was often shocked by some of the parts. I definitely thought that Enrique, I thought that he was going to fall in love with the mom because, like, they had signs of that and because of him being like, oh, she's so pretty and, like, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you would think that's how it would work, right? Yeah. In a typical Hollywood movie that they would end up together. Hi, this is my this is my friend Enrique. He helped me. And she would look at him and go, I love you, right? Yeah. Then I also thought that Paco was going to be evil. Oh, yes. Okay. Me and Sophia both were like, ew, he's icky. He's evil vibes. Like, I don't like him. But then he was totally fine in the end. Yeah, he was like a respectable dude. And I was like, "That's that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, he, he didn't necessarily do anything to make me feel like he was evil, yet he had like this evil vibe about him. I thought he just trying to take advantage of her. That's what I thought he was trying to do, first of all. And then saying, well, he said something that isn't even that big of a deal, but I was like, oh, that's another sign he's evil, where he's like in the car with her, and he's like, I like quiet girls, not mute, because he's like not talking, and I'm like, he must be evil. Like, that's such an, that's such like an evil person thing to say. Um, what do you rate it? I give it a five star. Five star movie. There you go. All right, you and Grandma have the same taste in movies. Why don't we get into the recap then? Okay. The movie begins with Rosario waking up and getting ready for the day. Carlitos, her son, is doing the same thing. 
we eventually realize that they are not together. Carlitos is in Mexico, and Rosario is in the U.S. I thought this was a really good scene because you think they're both getting up in the same area. Yeah. Like, they're both getting up, they're going to be together. And then when you see her in, like, with skyscrapers in the background, you, uh-huh. you think she's in L.A., and then you see him and what you would think Mexico looks like. I'm like, that was kind of like a punch in the face. Like, that was, I thought that was good cinema right there. They, it made you think they were together, but they're not. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that scene, so. I loved it. I, I thought that was one. That and then the scene at the end. Like, it started with really, really good cinema, ended with really good cinema. And we'll go over the end scene, because that was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., they would talk to each other on payphones. Rosario is saving up money to get a lawyer so she can send for Carlitos to come to the U.S. They've been apart for four years. She describes to him her location, and he can visualize it. He's only turning nine, so she's been gone for almost half of his life. Yeah, definitely. He lives with his grandma Benita, who's sick and coughing. In the U.S., Rosario works two jobs, one as a housekeeper and another as a nanny, and she makes and sells dresses on the side to make even more money. I feel like now... Being like, oh, you work on the side to sell dresses would be like, she'd be on her Etsy shop selling her dresses. And then people would like spend so much money on them. I think a lot of those jobs like selling dresses in America could be worth so much more money. Because then people would be like, I found this really cute shop on Etsy. Hashtag small business. Hashtag (laughs) everything. So... That would be kind of cool to see, like, if she was able to do that. Anyways, at her first job, Paco, a security guard, shows interest in her. Creepy Paco. Her friend Alicia says, go for it. But Rosario isn't interested. In Mexico, Carlitos works for a coyote and a family friend named Senora Carmen. My mom's name, Carmen, hey! Whoa! A Chicano brother and sister named Martha and David offer to bring people to the U.S. for money. Senora Carmen dismisses them as idiots who would be caught immediately. They leave their number with Carlitos. This part, I was a little confused at first because maybe she can already tell that they'd be bad people or that they're like inexperienced. But I thought it was kind of like she was just like, you can't do anything because you're like American, like you're white. So you can't do anything. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like her judging them by their race or just like her judging them because they seemed like little children. I think it was because they're kids. And then they're all nervous and they were talking to her and they yeah. were all freaking out. And maybe, like, they don't know Spanish, so, like, they don't know. Right. You're like, what are you going to do? Like, how to talk to people and all that. The next day, Carlitos wakes up and finds his grandma dead. He decides to leave to be with his mother in the U.S. He gets her address from a letter she sent him. Carlito calls Martha and pays him to take her home over the border. He hides in her a fake compartment in their van, almost suffocating from the heat. They get to the border, but the van gets towed because it has expired tags and many parking tickets. Carlitos is inside the van and is taken to the impound lot. Were you afraid he was going to die right there? At first, I thought two things that were going to kill him. First, I thought he was locked into that case. Like, I thought they locked the chest. Uh-huh, the Under the chair? Uh-huh. So I thought, like, oh, he's not going to be able to get out of that. And then... I didn't really think this one through, but I was like, oh, the car is locked. He's not going to be able to go back. But, yeah. like, obviously, you can open it from the inside. From the inside, yeah. No, that makes sense. All right. Rosario is going home from her nanny job with the Snyders when Paco comes to give her a ride. Kind of like a sneak move. He, she didn't ask him for a ride, but he comes to try to give her a ride, right? So, like, yeah, he's making a move. Okay, that's a little creepy. I can see that. He was pushy, I guess. A little bit pushy. 
anti-Paco squad. They talk about how miserable she is without Carlitos, and he offers to help her. I just felt he was evil. Like, in my heart, I was like, he's evil. I don't know. I don't see it. Like, I don't see any other than him being just a super nice guy. He, like, says hi to her, and he offers to give her a ride. I don't know. I don't see how, I, I guess you guys got the creepy vibe. Maybe they try to lead you that way, but I don't... Because Sophie felt that, too. I just thought he was trying to take advantage of her. Because he was like, you know, I'm, I have papers, and I could help you out. So you just need to marry me real quick. Poor Paco. Poor Paco. He's evil. Who happens to be the best guy in the whole show. Mm-mm. He's the nicest man there is out of all of them. I disagree. Uh, and I'll go over why I think so. There's, we'll a, there's the other lady that's nicer. Ooh. The lady that steals, that not steals, that <laughs> saves, that saves the little boy. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get to her. You think she's nicer? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. At night, Carlitos gets out of the van and leaves the impound. Unfortunately, he unknowingly drops his wallet with his money. He realizes that when he gets to the bus stop and cannot buy a ticket, he runs into a drug addict and he offers to pay him $100 to take him to the impound lot to go get his wallet. When they get there, the van is gone and they can't find the money. The druggie gets angry and tries to sell Carlitos to the human traffickers. Luckily, a woman named Reina steps in. She pays off the druggie and takes Carlitos home with her. See, she's nicer. She's a nice one. I did think it was kind of interesting how they never really said he was a drug addict or like someone addicted to drugs, but they like showed signs. Well, she says, buy your drugs, go get your drugs. Yeah, but like initially, like they're driving in the car and then like they zoom into his hand, which has like bruises from like injections and stuff. And like they show his like hands are like tapping nervously that he's like, he's having trouble like without his drugs or whatever. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Back in LA, Rosario is fired from her job with Mrs. McKenzie because she wants to try someone new. When Rosario asks for her pay, Ms. McKenzie says no. And if she has a problem, she can call the police. It doesn't even make sense, though, because when Rosario asked, like, oh, what did I do wrong? She was like, you didn't do anything wrong. Remember, she did. She said, change the plants in the pots. And she said, oh, can I do it tomorrow morning? I don't have any time today. I have to go to my second job. And then she's like, can't you just do it real quick? And so that's what made her angry, because she didn't do exactly what she wanted her to do. And that's why she fired her. That's kind of a dumb reason. That's the dumbest reason. She was going to do it anyways, though. So, like, if your plants are not potted today, then is it really that big of a deal? Well, to her it was. And she had the power to abuse this woman and fire her. So, anyway, she knows that she can't call the police. So, she ends up stealing her money. She was definitely evil. (laughs) Yeah. At Reina's house, Carlitos meets Leonardo and many other migrant workers who live and eat there. She feeds them, and they all watch football games together. So she's kind of like this mother who feeds them. I imagine they give her money, you know, to live there and to do that. Almost like a boarding school or something. Yeah, in a way, right? Leonardo and a few of the guys are leaving the next day to do migrant work all the way to California. Carlitos will hit your ride with them and go to L.A. The next morning, a tomato farmer takes Leonardo and the guys for work. They pick up a grumpy guy named Enrique. At the tomato farm, there's an immigration raid. Everyone runs or is arrested. Enrique hides, and so does Carlitos. Enrique hid where I thought Carlitos was going to hide. Like, I, yeah, because he like rolled like a little plant bin over to hide in between like the little tracks. And like when 
Carlitos like ran by and like got out. I was like, why don't you just hide there? But then like he hid elsewhere. Yeah. But then someone else used the hiding spot. So I was like, okay, good job. <laughs> yeah. So you you were smart. You would you would have been safe because you would have found that spot before him. Leonardo waits for Carlitos but has to leave before he's arrested. After the coast is clear, Enrique and Carlitos come out. Carlitos wants to walk with Enrique, who wants nothing to do with him. Carlitos tags along anyway. They walk for hours and eventually hitch a ride with some musicians. And they played a song too, right? So. Yeah, they played a song for him about him getting back to his mom. Yeah. In Tucson, Enrique tells him to get lost, and Carlito gets a clue and walks away. Then Enrique sees some gangsters about to attack Carlitos, and he pretends to be his dad to protect him. They need money, so Carlitos gets them both a job in a restaurant. The restaurant owners love Carlitos. Not so much Enrique. Then in the hotel, Carlito tells Enrique about his father, Oscar. Enrique gets the idea to ask Carlito's father for a ride to L.A. Rosario cannot find work in L.A. and she's getting desperate. She and Alicia see Paco in a laundromat and she decides to take him up on the offer for them to be together. Carlito meets his dad and they talk. They have a heart-to-heart and Carlito tells him that he and Rosario will forgive him if he helps them out. Oscar agrees to take him to L.A. Sadly, that night, Oscar stands him up. Enrique tells him it will be okay, and they'll go to L.A. together. I don't know why he didn't just, like, give him 50 bucks. That's better than not showing up, right? Yeah. Or even when they were at lunch, he was like, he if he was like, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to do anything for you. Here's, like, here's your lunch, and here's, like, 50 bucks. I wonder if he ever had the intention of going. He cries at the lunch. Yeah. He gets emotional, like, kind of like, I blew it. Just shame. Just, Just that feeling of shame. But then you would think that he feels something. So why not go through with it? Or if you can't take him to L.A., which is not easy, right? You can't just drive someone to L.A. from Texas. But here's $100 to take a bus. Or even more, like, here's $200 to take a plane ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't wonder if he ever had the intention of actually going through with it. Or he just lied to him just to leave, make him leave him alone. I don't know. But he felt remorse. What did he gain about saying yes to go and eat to him lunch and then feeling sad and then, like, not helping him at all. And he bought lunch. Uh, Carlitos paid for the lunch. Yeah. He paid, he's like, I, I'll, I'll pay for this. And so, <laughs> maybe that's when he felt shame. Like, what What did he gain from saying yes? He wasn't going to do anything anyways. So why did he say yes? Maybe at that moment, Carlitos was happy. And he, like looked at him and said, oh, my dad's awesome. Like, he got that recognition of being someone great for a second. Maybe. Even though he wasn't great, he was garbage, who left his son hanging. And it's super sad because they show that they're, like, that he's eating the burger, right? And they, like, do everything the same. Like, they both take out the tomatoes and they both put on ketchup to, like, one half or something something like that. They always do that in movies to go, like, you are my son. Like, yeah, they always say, like, we're the same person. You're obviously my son because we do the same things. Even though you and I would eat a burger together, we're related. And you're my daughter, and we don't eat anything the same. So, I would we wouldn't put our food Both out. Both me, time. you, and mom and Sophia all eat burgers in different ways. In different ways and right. different types of burgers. So maybe none of us are related. Anyways, so Enrique and Carlitos get a bus ticket and off they go. At the wedding party, not only did Paco accept her as someone to marry, they're gonna get married like within two three days. Like it's immediately. Yeah, that seems like he wants something. Because well, why would he rush it? So what do you think men want from women? 
Let's go. You think a man's evil. What does an evil man want from a woman? I know the answer to that. Maybe he wants like money or something. Maybe he wants, he wants her has two thousand no dollars or something. She has no money. She's saving money. She's broke. What does a man, an evil man, want from a woman? If you don't know, you'll learn today. Mm. Are you just embarrassed to say it, or you really have no idea? Well, I don't exactly know what he would want, but I just thought he was evil. All evil men want from women. What do you think? I don't know. Sex. Evil men want sex from women. Maybe he wants to kidnap his child or sell her to the black market. How does that make any sense? He wants to sleep with her. If you have any doubt about a man's intentions, the default is that he wants to sleep with you. Okay, Natalie? When you get into college, when you're a young woman. But then he wouldn't marry her. Exactly. Nobody wants to marry a woman unless they care about them or they want to be with them. She changes her mind at the wedding, gets cold feet. And what does Paco do? He throws a party for her. So she says, I'm going back to Mexico. And he's like, all right, this is no longer a wedding party. This is a farewell party. And then they end up dancing together and having a good time. I would have kicked her out of the house. I would have been like, excuse me, what? You're not going (laughs) to marry me now? Uh, Can you please leave? Thank you. And don't take any cake on the way out. Just go. Paco's a hero. Paco for president. No. Anyways. You should call Sofia down and say, did you think that Paco was uh, evil? Sofia's not and in this podcast. Say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Rosario says that she's going to go back to Mexico and Paco's cool about it. Then Mrs. Snyder comes into the party and she connects her with Senora Carmen, who's been trying to contact her. Senora Carmen tells her about her mother passing away and how Carlitos is coming to her. Rosario's devastated and wants to leave for Mexico immediately. She thinks that he's going to get caught and get you know, and you get deported right back to Mexico. That, to me, is a mistake. If she knows that Carlitos is coming to the U.S., why would you leave the U.S.? Exactly. Yeah, that always threw me off. Just wait it back. And if if he's going to get deported, wouldn't he try and find his family back there? And then, like... Well, yeah, she'd be there. So if he gets deported, then it works. Because he's going to go back home. But, But I'm saying, like... Just stay there in case he comes, and then if he got deported, he'd go back. Then someone would call her and say, oh, he's back here. You can come back to Mexico now. Carlitos and Enrique arrive in L.A. They realize that the address is a P.O. box. They don't actually have a real address of where Rosario lives. They don't know where to go. Then Carlitos remembers all the details of the phone booth Rosario calls from every Sunday. They traverse the city looking for a correct phone booth, surrounded by a laundromat, a mural, a party store, and a Domino's pizza. And they go to dozens of phone booths and find nothing. But does it have a Domino's? They stop in a park and fall asleep on a bench. The next morning, Paco takes Rosario to the bus station, and she kisses him goodbye. Rosario's the villain. She's the bad one. She tells him, I don't want to marry you anymore. And then she kisses him as she leaves. Like, what's up? That dude's like in love with her. What do you expect? Yeah, I guess she's kind of bad, too. She gets second thoughts and remembers that it's Sunday. She thinks about going to the phone booth instead, taking the bus to uh, to Mexico. There's one scene, though, where it's, like, sad, where she's sitting on the bench, and then, like, he and Enrique walk by, and then it's like, oh, that's that's just annoying. They're just messing with us Yeah, now. They, they, every movie has that, right? Where, like, you're looking for someone, and they walk, like, right next to each other. They don't see each other. I, I hate those kind of things. I didn't even mention Because you it could in, tell... In the- 
Because later, cause later on, he, like, only sees her head, and then he's like, oh my god, it's my mom. Like, you saw her head while you walked by the bench. Like, you would have obviously known it was your mom if you could recognize her at a phone booth <laughs> turned around. It's this like, you're just messing with us. You know, I mean, no, that's what drives me insane. The next morning, Enrique wakes up and goes to get breakfast. When he gets back, the police have come and are talking to Carlitos, about to arrest him. Enrique thinks about abandoning Carlitos and running away. Carlitos even backs him up and says he doesn't know who that guy is. Enrique then gets second thoughts and attacks the police officer. He gets the police to chase after him so Carlitos can get away. This was kind of their fault too though, because they didn't even hide. They just slept on a bench in a public like park. Although I don't know if there's very many places to hide anywhere and I guess like wherever you can sleep is better. But yeah, like, I mean, they were careless. They shouldn't have slept out in the open. But it was it really was in the middle of like a super public area right next to a small street that any car could go by and like yeah. report them or even just the police drive by. Like. And Enrique, if Enrique hadn't left, they probably would have let him alone. The, the fact that they went up to him is because they saw a little kid by himself. Yeah. So he should have woke him up and was like, let's go get breakfast. Yeah, or, like, just walk with me, because it's, like, not... Is it? He really just left him on the bench alone. Well, he was sleeping. It was only going to be, like, five minutes. That's true. Enrique's arrested, but he smiles knowing that Carlitos but is like, safe. But, he, like, he cared about his safety earlier when he protected the, him from those people trying to rob him. So wouldn't you think to protect him by not leaving him out in the open with, like, crazy people well, on a bench? It's in a park bench early in the morning. No one's there. But evil people could be there. Nah. I wouldn't have thought to do that. He's been by himself all the time. Yeah. He's walking around. I I don't think what he did was wrong in there. Maybe he should have woke him up. They were a little careless. You know, the fact that Enrique gets arrested kind of solves the Paco problem. Right? Yeah. Because then there's two male leads. And Enrique, was Enrique going to fall in love with Rosario? No, that never happened because he ended up getting arrested. Unfortunately, probably deported back to his country. Which is, like, unfair because he finally gets to be the good person in the story. And, like, of course he has to go and get arrested because he changes. And Carlitos, like, realizes and recognizes, like, oh, I need to save him first. Because he's like, no, I don't know that guy. He's not with me. They back each other up. So everybody kind of tries to save themselves. Marta and David, they never tell the Border Patrol that there's a kid in the car. They should have said it. Because what if he would have died in that car? He should have said, hey, stop the tow truck. There's a human inside. But then they would have got in trouble, so they never did. Yeah. Leonardo drove away when the police were coming, and he left Carlitos there. He waited for him, but then he couldn't wait anymore because if he waited longer, he would have been arrested. So he took off, too. And Enrique was going to do the same thing because he looked down and he started walking away. Mm -hmm. Then he changed his mind and did the right thing and didn't save himself. He sacrificed himself for the little boy. So, And in the end... The little boy saved himself again. He was waiting for Enrique and was like, I'm going to wait for you. I'm not going to let them arrest you without me. And then he saves himself. Carlito finally stops running and looks around. He sees the mural, the laundromat, the party store, and the Domino's pizza. He finally found him with the real Domino's. That was always the kicker that he just, there was a pizza place. It just wasn't Domino's. No, Domino's. He finds a phone booth and his mother is there. They call to each other from the other sides of the street. But they can't get to each other because the traffic's too heavy. They wait at the crosswalk and finally the light turns green. The end. 
that was a very cinematic scene and the most emotional and sad and like crazy thing that could be in the movie was not in the movie they didn't show them like hugging each other and all that but that wasn't necessary because they were already reunited and just the green light changing was enough for that moment yeah no i agree i think that was the part of the cinematic part that i really love you don't see them embrace you don't see them get together you just see the green. green light turn green yeah and i thought that was really good because the hug is never going to be as beautiful as not seeing it. Yeah. Like, you're going to picture it. It'll never have the real emotion that yeah, could It won't be have the impact that, that you're going to make up in your mind how they get together. Then also, if you think about it, what does the green light in the crosswalk look like? Someone walking over. Right. So it's like, you know, a little bit about the whole story about immigration. Like, it's free. You're free to cross the street. You're free to walk over. I thought that was a beautiful way to end the movie. I thought it was a beautiful message. To add to this story, that's probably one of my favorite things. No, it's my favorite part of the movie. It was one of my favorite things I've ever seen in any movie. And it was like kind of realistic because how many times can you just like run across the street to reunite with someone? Like I bet 50% of the time there would be some like cars going by. Yeah. Like I always, the intrusive thought is always like, what if he gets hit by a car right now? (laughs) But like. Well, that was mom. She was freaking out. She was like, oh, no, he's he's, he's," She's worried that he's going to get hit by a car because he's going to run across the street. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like looking at each other with this hope to see each other to like finally reunite. And then they just couldn't. It was like delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that end. All right. So could this movie still be made today? Yeah, I think so for the most part. I didn't see anything really wrong with this movie. I guess the whole thing about the little boy, like, getting taken advantage of by, like, a drug dealer and about to be, like, sold as, like, a sex slave uh-huh. is, like, a little harsh. I don't know if they would have that in a movie now. Right. But they're bad people. They're supposed to be bad people. It's not like right. they're just going about their life and, like, that was just seen as normal. It's to show that he was being saved and that. It was almost all over for him, you know? So I don't really know if they would take that out. I think this story, which is a, a love story, not the common love story of boy meets girl, girl loves boy and all that. It's more of a the story of a, a mother and a son. Uh-huh. I think that's eternal. And it's definitely a love story you don't see very often. Definitely. And then secondly, the story of immigration and the difficulties that it entails Uh, The politics behind it, the exploitation of migrant workers from the fact that they're not able to be protected by police or that are in concentration like human trafficking or burglary or just unsafe lives. That story is also eternal, sadly. I think it is a timeless tale that I would say didn't age poorly at all. If anything, uh, in our current climate of the polarization of our country and how we feel about immigration... I think it it resonates now as much as it did in 2007 when the movie came out. Yeah, I don't think that any of the themes would age poorly or any of that. Mm-mm. No, me neither. All right, does it pass the Bechdel test? Uh, no. No, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. All right, Bechdel test is a tested check for female representation in movies. There are three criteria. Criteria number one, are there two or more named females? Yes, there's... The mom, and the grandma, and the the lady that ended up calling the mom and telling her son. Had so we have Rosario left. and her mom, Benita, 
É, Dona Carmen, não é Dona Carmen, Senhora Carmen, Dona Carmen, tu é mal. There's Mrs. Snyder, there's Mrs. McKenzie, and there's Alicia, her best friend. A lot of female characters. Uh, do any of them talk to each other? It's criteria number two. Uh, I'm sure that she talks with her best friend in yeah. L.A. Mm-hmm. And then she talks to her mother, her grandmother, the grandmother, obviously. I don't actually know many other scenes, but like you would know that these women talk to each other. All right. And last but not least, do they talk to each other about anything other than a man? No. Okay. I think I disagree with you. You don't have any conversations where they have... No, because when she talks to her friend, she's talking about Paco. And then when she talks to the lady, she's talking about her son who went over the border on his own. Right. Uh, There's a couple of conversations that... I think would pass the Bechdel test, but I'll let you decide whether you agree or whether or not. They talk about dresses and money. Rosario and Alicia talk about making the dresses, how much money she's saving to get a lawyer and doing all that stuff. There's also the conversation that Carmen has with Martha, where she asks if she can send people to the U.S. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know about that scene, because although they're talking to each other, they're kind of talking through Carlos or Carlitos, and then also she's talking to both of them. She's not just talking to the girl. She's also talking to the guy. Right. I don't know. So I'll let you say. Do you say no? It doesn't pass it? I don't think so. Although the dress scene, I think it might be attached to other conversations too. Which, uh, that's always something that I think about. Like for the Bechdel test. That if they talk about a man earlier in the conversation, then the conversation continues. And later on, they talk about stuff that's not about a man. Okay. Because earlier in the conversation, I think they were talking about... Oh, Paco, about like, oh, he's a nice guy. Or... All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give it the negative sound. <laughs> that it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I want to go with you. You're the expert here. I'll stay in my lane. I disagree with you. 1,318%. <laughs> you're the expert, so I'm going to follow your lead. Uh, unless someone asks me about it personally, and then I will tell them what I think. All right, is there anything else? No. All right. I'm happy we watched this movie. Like I said, this is Grandma's birthday week. Her birthday is on Thursday. So, and the movie's in Spanish. The whole movie's in Spanish. Had yeah. English subtitles. So, I had some English moments. So, um, only only a few when they were in LA. <laughs> only a few when they were in LA. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to Poppy Approved Movies. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. We put out an episode every Monday. If you'd like to see extra podcast content, we also have a TikTok, at Poppy Approved Movies. So please go and like all of our videos and follow us over there. If you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and critique, email us at poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. That's poppyapprovedmovies at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps. We'll try our best to get to your suggestion. And remember, it has to be PG-13. Next week, we're watching The Count of Monte Cristo, so I hope you join us. I'm Bobby. And I'm Natalie. See you next time. Bye.